انك لا تهدي من احببت ولكن الله يهدي من يشاء Assalamu alaikum tolaiz John Fontaine just before we begin the podcast please make sure you click subscribe and also set your notifications please support on the Patreon account jazakallah khair assalamu alaikum tolaahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah how you doing man yeah alhamdulillah inshallah hair growing back from the umrah inshallah yeah mashallah <laughs> hopefully it'll grow back a different color okay so bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah we'll start inshallah ta'ala and if the brothers can join if they miss anything they can catch it on, on the youtube inshallah so the, the topic we have tonight with you is the God solution. And if anyone knows about the new atheist movement, they understand obviously the title for your book, The God Solution, right away. Uh, it's, a, it's a clear response to uh, Richard Dawkins' The God Delusion. Yes. This is the claim that he makes. And obviously as Muslims, and we can see it very clearly from the title, that we believe it's the opposite. We believe it's the solution and not the delusion. Uh, if you could just any, any elaborate a bit about that and also about, you know, I, I looked a bit over your book before when you wrote it and uh, tell us about, you know, the experience in, in writing the book, because it's been some time. And I remember the book that well, I think was pretty much written uh, when we were in Kuwait together. And yes. you were revising it for several years. And just so the brothers know, by the way, I mean, even though I, I really would, I want that book to get out because if you look, for example, at the divine reality, it's more like an advanced uh, book. The way, the way it's written, and, you know, even the language is used, it's, it's very deep, it's, you know, it's more in depth. So it might be difficult for some people to kind of grasp all of the stuff from it. You may have to read it a, a couple of times to kind of get it. But in your, your style of writing in, in, in the book, it's, it's a small book. It's more easier for the, for the general layman to be able to understand it. Uh, so I was hoping when we sat last time and I looked through it when we were in Kuwait and it sent it to me, that it, it would have been something, it would be out, it would be quick. But you've delayed it for several reasons. Perhaps you can you know, tell us why. But just so that the viewers understand that delaying books like this uh, it's actually one of the ways of the Salaf. I don't want to encourage you to delay it more, but the Salaf, they would do that with their writings. You know, like uh, Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, he spent 16 years in gathering his Sahih. Because you want to make sure that it's, it's correct when it's out there, inshallah. <laughs> Obviously, when there's a need for the book, you have to put it out there. So I don't want to encourage you to delay more. But I mean, as long as you, if, if it's for a productive reason, it's for a good reason, you're making some change and reviewing it. Alhamdulillah, that, that's something good. And that's what the Salaf used to do with, with, with their work uh, as, as well. Um, so if you could just tell us a bit about the book, inshallah, and why this book, uh, as yeah. we to start. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa My name is John Fontaine. Um, I'm from Manchester, England. And Jazakallah uh, Khair, Thanks for the invite uh, for coming on. Um, yeah, I remember giving you the book a few years ago um, to have a look through. And... Um, uh, the thing is, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about uh, comparing. Compare, I don't, I don't think he was comparing me to Imam Bukhari. I hope not, anyway. 
I'll just give an example of delay in the book. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm sure his reasons are much more sincere than mine. But subhanAllah, you know, partly one of the reasons uh, for the delay is because we have busy lives. Um, you know, we can hear children in the back of both of our audios, mashallah. Yeah. And um, so that's one of the reasons. Another reason is I'm also working on another book, um, which I feel is kind of uh, more suited to my particular research, whereas the atheism book is kind of uh, heavily borrowing from other other people's research, like, mm -hmm. like Hamza Zotzis' book and uh, others. Um, so, and another, the, the main reason for the delay, I would say, is because I think this topic is something that is still being researched by the Muslims. You know, I wouldn't say it's a, new, a brand new topic, but I would say that the, the, the times that we're living in and the situations that we're living in is a very unique time in, in, the, in the history of Islam. You know, this is a, a time when we're having Muslims who are living in uh, non-Muslim majority countries, um, you know, who are kind of trying to understand how should we give dawah um, to atheists. And every day we find in new challenges, um, you know, it, it, as Muslims living in the West, and not just living in the West, but also now it's also... Uh, coming over to the Muslim world as well. And, and first of all, one of the main reasons why I initially decided to write a book on atheism, um, the first reason was when I went, I went to Brazil with Sabor Ahmed, you know, Sabor mm -hmm. from my era. Yeah. And at that time, I thought that Christianity was kind of like the main uh, kind of challenge to Islam and then when I spent a lot of time with, with, with Sabor you know he kind of made me understand and realize that actually atheism itself is the one that is, is, is affecting the Muslims around the world you know Christianity in some parts of Africa there's some Muslims that leave Islam and go to Christianity in some parts of Indonesia, there's some that go to Christianity. In the West, maybe some Muslims, for the sake of a passport or marriage, maybe they go to Christianity. But, but on the whole, generally Muslims currently, in this day and age, on a wide scale, do not go to Christianity. You know, it's, it's, but we, we do find that, 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 that atheism is an issue for Muslims. You know, partly because of lack of education of Islam, not just in, in, in the West, but also in the Muslim world. And partly because people like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and others are, are actually out there to try to convert Muslims. You know, this is a very kind of straightforward intention that they've admitted. Yeah. I, Richard I Dawkins. I yeah. I remember when he... Um... I have the article. He talked about his book when it was translated. He, he talked about the languages he was focusing on, uh, the main languages. I mean, it was translated obviously in French and other languages, European languages. But he said the main focus now for the translation of his work was three languages, which was Arabic, Farsi, and Urdu. 
So you can see obviously who, who the objective is. And he said that the unauthorized version of the book, as soon as it was the PDF was put online in Arabic, he said there was 13 million downloads. Obviously, uh, we can't really trust his numbers 100%. He might be exaggerating to you know, show how people are uh, moving towards atheism. But nonetheless, I'm sure there was any, a large amount of numbers. And, and, and atheist movement or ideology, it's, it has been for several years in the growing in, in the Arabian Peninsula, you know, the, the, yes. the of, of Islam. Uh, and obviously, nowadays, with the changes that are there, it's, it's, it's growing even more. Um, but something interesting I want to mention in what you said that because you, you were focusing more on Christianity, I think when we came up in the Tao in the beginning, that was the main focus is how to refute Christianity. But, the, the, but there's two different areas here. You know, we're talking about Dawa. Um, you're, you're talking more about the Muslims now. And I think, I think hands down, there's no doubt about that. It's very rare to find a Muslim who is influenced by uh, Christianity or accepts Christianity. And a lot of times, like you mentioned, maybe it's for marriage, maybe for his passport. The stories in Indonesia were obviously because of, of financial gains. That's why people who are entering into Christianity. There could be some who enter in there. We, we don't deny that, but it's very rare. But the, the reality of atheism, when you sit with people, especially the youth, and I think a lot of it, and it goes back to the you know, inferiority complex that they have, you know, their, their countries are so backwards. Um, and they have, uh, you know, they look at the West and the West being advanced. And now they see science and science has reached this. And here you have these famous yeah. scientists that, that they're pushing in the media, like Sam Harris, like Richard Dawkins. And then these are the ones who are, you know, saying, hey, it's a delusion. And it's something you've been, you've been taught for. So they're, they're confused with that. But I think when you really sit with them, you'll find that they're more agnostic than atheist. They don't really have the true, true atheist, but they're a bit, you know, in the middle doubting wise. But I want to ask, like when you went to Brazil, if you're talking about like giving Dawah to non-Muslims, you would assume there that most of what you guys would find would probably be Christianity there in South America still to an extent. I, I, that's my understanding, but you were there on the ground, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, you know, if we're speaking about uh, uh, calling to Islam uh, from a non-Muslim perspective, then um, Christianity still is the, the biggest, the, the second biggest religion or religions in the world. Um, the reason I say that, because Islam is, is the biggest religion in the world. You know, it's the biggest body of people that agree upon the same Akida. You know, yeah. whereas Christianity is different religions, technically. You know, Roman Catholics, the Protestants, etc. And the, the biggest, you know, Roman Catholics uh, are around 900 million. They don't even reach, you know, a, a billion. So... You know, Christianity is many religions. So, but but altogether, the people that identify as Christians, they're still the biggest body of, of people outside of Islam. So that's that's kind of dawah to non-Muslims, right? But of course, Allah tells us to first protect ourselves and our families, right? You know, this the priority is to first protect your own deen. You know, first of all, protect your own religion. Protect your family, your children, your wife, your your you, you know, and, and your community around you, and 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 then slowly start building out from there. And 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 the issue is 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 the Christian Dawah it doesn't really affect the majority of Muslims. 
you know, I find it very hard to believe that in this day and age, especially in, in most places, that, that someone can leave uh, Tawheed and, and go to, towards uh, Trinitarianism. You know, it, 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 not in, in this day and age, it's, it's very rare, in, unless yeah. it's for a financial gain or whatever it is. But when it comes to atheism, you know, it looks, it looks good on the outside. As you mentioned, you know, if you if you if you if you're a product of uh, colonialism, and what Britain and and, uh, and and France and America have done throughout the world, then a lot of Muslims actually have an inferiority complex, and they look at the West and they look at the white man, and they look how advanced uh, the West is compared to their country, and they kind of wrongly associate the the, the kind of leadership of the west with the fact that their religion or the, their deen being atheism is the reason for that and it's not you know i mean islam at one point in history islam was the they, they were the leaders of the world in terms of science and and technology and and literature it does that mean islam is right because of that no you know so 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 this is kind of the narrative the, one of the narratives that is pushed that that kind of Islam is backward because look look at the Muslims, and that's a, that's a logical fallacy, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't kind of follow. So, so the first instance was when I when I went to Brazil and Sabor kind of talked me through atheism, and I guess that one of the reasons I was not originally focusing on atheism is because I also had an inferiority complex. I also thought, you know, oh, I'm not uh, intelligent enough. How am I going to debate someone like Richard Dawkins? You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, how can we possibly challenge these academics? And then, you know, people like uh, Hamza Zotsis and um, others started to popularize and, 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 and kind of promote uh, some of the Islamic uh, arguments uh, of how to deal with atheism and Sabor Ahmed as well. I think Sabor Ahmed, mashallah, is one of the uh, top brothers in terms of uh, conveying to the atheists. And so this was kind of the start of my journey into uh, looking into atheism. And, and, and the second part was when I went to Pakistan. So I went to Pakistan with uh, Adnan Rashid and we did a tour of the universities. We traveled from Peshawar to Islamabad, Lahore, Karachi, all over Pakistan, twice. And two months, a month at each time. And I was shocked to see the level of atheism in the universities in Pakistan. And this was a huge eye-opener for me, you know, to see that a lot of the elite, the rich, uh, Pakistanis, the ones who are who can speak English, the ones who are educated in the international schools and the colleges and the universities, that they're really falling for this this atheism, you know, and you know people like Adnan Rashid and Youth Club and other organisations. Uh, I think Yusuf Chambers went there. I was there. I was there with Yusuf Chambers and Hamza and Dawaman was there and Musa Adnan and. It, you know, we, we was we was doing a tour together. Yeah, I, I was invited there several times, and I actually was 
I had a flight booked and I was on the way to the airport, but just didn't make it. Hopefully yeah. I'll be able to go soon. Yeah. But I heard the same stories. Hamza was telling me the same things when he went there about you know, these universities and that, that you find this, this, this ideology. But he said, he's, once again, he, he went back to the issue of, you know, when you speak to them and ask them why, ask them for proof, he said most of them weren't able to, to say why. So you would find that they're more like uh, agnostic than actually real atheists, not really hardcore atheists. They don't really have proof. Uh, they're kind of just going with going with the flow because you know, because with, the white man said that's, that's it you know that's, that, that's, that's, that's basically when once you get down to the bottom of it it was because the white man said or because you know it they, they didn't have reasons to believe they didn't or, or reasons to disbelieve i should say when when i say reasons to believe i mean reasons to believe in atheism because it, it's a belief in and of itself you know so, so seeing that the Muslims suffering with this, and not only Muslims, but people who are supposed to be the educated or the elite, the ones who are going to be in the, the leadership positions in the next 20, 30 years, the ones who are going to be in very important positions in the country, it, it, was, it was shocking. Yeah. And, then, and then traveling to Egypt, same thing. There's, there's, there's a growing number of atheists. There's a street in Egypt they call Atheist Street. And they all kind of sit around in these coffee shops with music and discussing philosophy and these type of things. You know, and they, they're kind of getting away with it. And, um, and, and there's a growing number of uh, apostates from, from, from Islam kind of, you know, getting a voice online as well. So, so th there's definitely a need for for, for, for this kind of topic to be discussed. Yeah. Sorry, and speaking, very, very interesting for the brothers and sisters to know is that you, know, you, you felt that you, as someone who's working in the field of da'wah that you didn't have the tools or you, as you said, you weren't intelligent enough to debate you know, these you know, uh, people who are, are you know, professional and they're, they're in academia, they're professors, they're, they're very knowledgeable. Uh, so some people are, are scared to face them. But when you look at these individuals, and the more, obviously, this wasn't something I was into. I'm, I'm just getting into it now. Obviously, I find myself in the middle of it. Uh, but as I read more and more, you see how, how ignorant these, these individuals actually are. Um, for example, if you look at, and I have it in front of me now, actually, the, the book and the text, um, Richard Dawkins' Outgrowing God, A Beginner's Guide. Yeah, I've got um, that one. <laughs> yes, he's saying that, and he said it in, 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 uh, before, and in, in another place, that you know, he hadn't even read the Quran. And he hasn't even, even the Bible, he hasn't even read it in, in I mean, thoroughly. He might have looked through it, but he hasn't read it thoroughly and investigated to be able to refute it. So that's what he, and, he, and, he's someone who, and, he, and that's like ABC academia. If you're going to get involved in any academic thing, you have to at least have read, you know, from, from, from you know, the yeah. other side to be able to, to refute, right, which he hasn't. And something here, I have, I have a quote in front of me, which I, I highlighted, I have it here. And he said that, you know, I, I didn't mention, you know, it's in chapters two and three, might have convinced you that the holy books like the Bible and the Quran don't provide any good reason to believe in God. Yes. As subhanAllah. When I, when I saw that that quote and it showed you any how ignorant you know someone like that can be. He comes off as being someone who's very intelligent, but any that that's the core of the Quran is is, yep. is to prove any uh, the, 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 the the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his oneness and his right to be worshipped. All throughout the Quran, and if you read yeah. just a couple of pages, you're going to find that clearly there. And he, looking at his creation, looking at, at, at ourselves, all of this, 
to reflect on this, to, to use your mind, to reflect, use your intellect, to be able to come to the conclusion of a God's existence and his, his right to be worshipped as one. And he's the controller of the universe. All of this is there. I mean, just it's 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 full of proof. Even as Imam Ibn Al-Qaim said, he said that the Quran is all about Tawheed. So that just shows you how and how any truly ignorant these individuals are. And and it's and something and you mentioned in, in the book, I saw in your presentation as well, that these individuals they, they go to kind of you know like um, you know slandering and and or, or, or mimicking, mocking religions uh, as as a way to uh, you know, to get their point across, because when it comes try, to, they, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they try to disprove the existence of Allah, or they try to disprove a particular religion by showing how bad it is. And 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 as we'll see, inshallah, when maybe we'll touch upon this, that as an atheist, you're not in a position to speak about morality. <laughs> you know, it, you know, so and and. This this book, this is the book you're referring to, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Outgrowing God. Incidentally, this is authored for teenagers. This is an atheist dawah for teenagers. And, and that's kind of how I wanted the God solution to be, my book. I wanted it to be kind of like um, a, almost a translation of Hamza's work. Because, you know, Hamza's work... It's quite academic, and a lot of people, it goes over their head, and that's great, and I think it's needed. We need people who can speak at, 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 at different levels. You know, we need people that can go and debate uh, the atheists uh, in the universities and, and things like that. Um, but we also need literature that can be understood by the lay people in a very simple way. So, so that was the intention of, of my book, really, just to simplify it. More so for myself than, than anyone else, you know, more so so that I could understand it and so that I could grasp the, the, the topic and be able to challenge uh, some of these, these atheists and save some of these Muslims who have got doubts, you know, so, so yeah, that was kind Indeed. of the... <laughs> so that, that, that's sort of saying why the book... Um, if you were to tell us now about any, basically what, what is in the book and, um, and, and or first of all, for that, the, the, the delay, you said the delay was because of just being, what is the other book? You said you're working on another book now. Yeah, I'm working on, I'm working on, uh, it, it's actually what, it's actually a book about the Islamic perspective of Wahi. And uh, What's the, what's the Islamic position of the Bible, uh, meaning the, the book which the Jews and Christians use today? And does that differ, you know, uh, from the, 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 the literature that the Muslims claim to believe in? You know, the, 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 the Torah is the one in Jew, which Allah speaks about. And, and Allah mentions that it's been altered, changed, etc. And, and, and if you like, reinvented and rewritten. And also a discussion regarding what the Jews and Christians had in Medina um, at, at the time of the Prophet Sallallahu So that's, that's a book which, which I'm writing. And I also think that this book is also important for atheists because I think understanding the, the Islamic perspective of revelation is very important because 
you see, because of the Bible, the majority of non-Muslims who are atheists, they're actually atheists because they fell out with Christianity. Primarily, number one, because of the that they don't have a, a, a solid scripture. There's absolutely no way in this day and age, really, somebody should be accepting the Bible as a, as a, as a basis of belief. Mm. And of course, in this age of logic and reason, uh, how can somebody really, there's no way somebody should believe, be believing in the Trinity. You know, it just doesn't make sense. So the, the point is that, that many people, the, the Christians are also going through this issue where atheism is, 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 is taking over a lot of, a lot of the, the, the minds of the youth, you know, because the, the Christians are also going to the same Western schools as the Muslims living in the West. So they're also being affected. And so, as, as you mentioned, Richard Dawkins, one of his arguments is that the, the Bible and, and the Quran do not give proofs for the existence of God. And this is, the, this is wrong, subhanAllah. And this is the, 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 the kind of the fundamental point that I make at the beginning of, of my book, which is we need to separate the, the existence of, of the creator, Allah, and which is the right religion. Because even if all the religions were not true and wrong, it doesn't mean that there's no God. So, you know, the kind of tying God and the existence of God and the belief in God with religion. Now, of course, it does come with it. But for argument's sake, that all the religions could be wrong and there would still be a God. There's still very good rational arguments and reasons to believe in a creator, you know, even without scripture. Yeah, and it, it, it's, inter it's interesting you say that because and that's one of the things that really stuck out to me when I was looking at your presentation, I was looking at your work. And he, that's a good argument from the beginning, because a lot of times people in the beginning, they have an issue with religion. And, and, and especially if you're coming from a Christian background, and I noticed in Dawkins and in the, in the, the God delusion in his work, uh, in many of his lectures, he, he, he talks about that. He talks about, you know, the, the problems with Christianity. And obviously, right away, he puts that on Islam. And that's also, by the way, if we go back to the issue of atheism spreading in the Muslim world, that's one of the key reasons it's spreading as well, because people look at, you know, like the French Revolution and them leaving religion. Whereas if you look throughout Islamic history, Islam never forbid science and encouraged science. That's why, you know, many of the scientific, you know, uh, you know uh, things that we have today that have been proven, the, the inventions, what have you, the, the original was from Muslim scholars and, and in Muslim Spain when they were, were, were into science, they were, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were major scientists during that time. Uh, they don't understand that Islam is different from Christianity and that. So the issue of, of the religion and being attacked or attacking the religion, so if you take that away from the beginning, I, I think it's a very good, good argument right away from the beginning. Let's not talk about religion, because even if you don't have religion, you still have a creator. You still can have the existence of a creator, the existence of God. And many atheists, if you look at the, you know, the, uh, you know, one of the works that I read now in detail, they were bringing many of the, uh, many atheists 
and scientists, some of them, a lot of them atheists and other ones who, who believe in the creator, but they're, they're very, um, you know, embarrassed by the work of Dawkins and, you know, how sarcastic he is and, 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 and the, the mockery he does and stuff, talking about uh, religions and what have you. And you mentioned one of these in the beginning of, of, of your thing about Michael Roos, where he said, the God delusion makes me embarrassed to be an atheist. And, and, and many quotes like that I found who, who free themselves from him and from his way. That's very important, obviously, for, for people to understand that. Uh, also, something else very important that people don't understand, and as I, I find this more, you know, time and time again as I, I research, um, that I'm, 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 the name is not coming to me. One of the, you know, many of them, the head scientists who, uh, who, who are, you know, head of major organizations, the names are like, it's not coming to me now, but they, they are the ones who, um, uh, like Sam Harris and, and Dawkins, they're against them, especially Sam Harris, against them being in charge. But why? Because they believe in the creator. And, you know, so they might not be Christian, a lot of them, but they believe in a creator. And, and, and science led them. Yeah. You know, science led them to believe in a creator. And there's, there's so many of them, you know, uh, through the Western world that, you know, it, some of them were atheists, but they actually were led. There's, there, there's no logical any solution or, or, or possibility other than there being a creator. But obviously, this is not something that's put in the mainstream with science nowadays. Exactly. You know, it's, it's um, the, you see, someone like Richard Dawkins, he, he is, a, I don't, I don't, I don't want to compare him to, to, to any of the Muslims, but he, he's like, he's giving dawah to atheism by any way possible. He doesn't care if his arguments are weak. He doesn't care if they're illogical. Um, you know, the, in, in, in a TV show he did in, in the 90s, um, I have a clip of it, actually. I've saved it, and it, I've, I've quoted it in the book. Um, he reveals his intentions. He says, look, he acknowledges that, that, you can't, that you could believe in evolution and, you, and God. Interesting. He says, but most people don't know that. So all we have to do is promote evolution and they'll stop believing. <laughs> SubhanAllah, what type of evil being is this? You know, I mean, you, regardless of, of whether you believe in God or not, religion does provide a good structure for human beings. Even Christianity, even though Christianity, they, they, they have now fell into shirk. A lot of their morality... A lot of their kind of uh, teachings are still kind of echoing from from the previous revelations of Musa and Isa, you know, the family values, uh, things like that, the structure within society. This is a positive thing. Under atheism, they don't have any guidance for these things. They have to borrow from religion. Like a, that's what secularism is. You know, it, it borrows from religion, and, and Christianity also had to had to use secularism because it didn't have a Sharia. But the point is that that Subhanallah, they, they he uses any arguments possible. His aim is merely simply just to get you to stop believing in God and stop following a particular religion. You know, and and it's it's nasty, it's it's terrible, and so you know we have to challenge them. So. As I said, one of the one of the techniques, the first the first thing I, I mentioned in the book, 
is we have to separate these two arguments. You know, we get, we'll deal with Islam later. You know, uh, we, we can speak about Islam being the, the correct religion, um, but, but regarding the existence of, of Allah, it's not dependent on a religion. You know, deists believe in Allah, but they don't have a religion. You know, so, and this is what the original atheists were. The original, you know, originally atheists were people who were not theistic. They were atheistic. They, they had kind of left theistic religion, like Christianity or Islam, and they just became believers in God only. That was yeah. the original term, atheism, and now it, it's kind of evolved to me people who, are, who don't believe in a God, you know. And, and, and as you said, you use these terms interchangeably, really. People who are agnostic, people who don't think about whether there's a God or not, they don't really care or they've not thought about it. And then people who actually believe they have reasons to disbelieve. And this is where, you know, we need to challenge these people and, yeah. and kind of show them, you know, back to the original point, which you mentioned, that simply by disproving the Bible, it, you, you, can't assault, you can't presume that the Quran is the same as the Bible. And that, that's one of their main arguments. And so that's why, back to my, uh, my other book, I, I do believe that this is a really important topic, even for the atheists, to show them that the Quran is not like the Bible. And Muslims don't believe in the Bible. You know, we believe in revelations, kalam Allah, you know, you know, books that were revealed from Allah to the prophets. And currently, Jews and Christians don't believe in them things. There's not a Christian on the planet today that believes in an Injil. They don't believe in a kitab Allah given from Allah to Isa. These Christians do not exist anymore. But if you could explain that a bit, I know what your, your outlook on that. But if you could explain a bit for the, for the brothers and sisters, because they probably got confused now. Because uh, they, they, they don't know where you're coming from. And that just briefly, obviously, maybe... Uh, we have another month where we're talking about Christianity. That would be a, a good topic. But if you just give a brief summary to what you're saying, because I think now some people might not understand that. So could, yeah, especially be because I know a lot of your audience are actually Arab speakers. Yeah. So in, in the Arabic language, of course, a lot of the Muslims, they translate um, Bible uh, to, as Injil, hmm. you know, or, or they translate the New Testament as Injil. And it is, it's not. You know, the, the, the Injil is a kitab Allah. It's a book that was revealed from Allah, given to Isa, salam. You know, the New Testament is a collection of seerah, which was authored by people after Isa, salam. You know, and the Old Testament is a collection of seerah, which was authored between Musa and Isa by different people. You know, so this has all been collected, all this seerah, which, which is in the Bible. This is just seerah. You know, there's no uh, book uh, which is which is there. There's no uh, Injil. There's no uh, actual Kitab Allah, what they have today. All they have is Sirah. But this is where the confusion comes because the Arabs, they refer to the Bible or the New Testament as the Injil. But I think even the Christians themselves, and would you say nowadays, they, they, they look at it as being the ones who are not really learned from them. They look at it as being the word of God or the book of God you know, for them, the Bible. 
Yes, they, they say it's, 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 it's the book of God or the word of God, but what do they mean by that? From the Christians today, they believe that these authors of Sirah were inspired by God. So it's the equivalent of Ibn Ishaq receiving Wahi. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the equivalence. It really is the equivalence. Uh, that's their understanding of Wahi. And so, you know, having this discussion with the Christians and the atheists, because this is the thing, Sheikh, I, I refuse to be a Muslim in the beginning because Muslims were telling me we believe in the Bible as well. And, and I said, no, I, I, I've already left the Bible. The Bible is, is written by people after Isa. How can I believe in that? You know, and then when you do your research, you realize actually Muslims don't believe. They believe in books that were revealed. And so I really do think that this is such an important point for the majority of atheists, including Richard Dawkins, including Bar Ehrman. I truly believe that if they really understood this topic and understood the Islamic position of Wahi, that they would get it. You know, Allah mentions in the Quran, Allah mentions, don't argue with the people of the book except in the best way. And then he gives us a method. It's not the Gorap, it's the three steps that method <laughs> he says tell them you believe what was sent down to us okay meaning the quran and the sunnah letting them understand the wahi what wahi is and what was revealed to them sent down to them meaning the kitab allah not what was authored by them but what was sent down and then discuss tawheed our god and your god is one and then discuss the religion or the manhaj, whatever you want to call it, that we are Muslims. This is the same religion from the time of Adam. And this three-step process is the da'wah. This is, subhanAllah, Allah mentions this after saying, you know, don't argue with them except in the best way. You know, that this, it's like Allah is asking us to discuss the basis of our belief, the wahi. This is why we believe in Islam. If someone says, why you must, the Quran is the reason why we believe in Islam. This is our basis of, of, of Iman, you know, and this is what tells us about Allah, that God is one and describes his attributes and who he is. And, and, and also describes the religion, the Sharia, what we're supposed to be following and how we're supposed to be worshiping Allah. So I do, I believe this is so important for the atheists as well. You know, discussing why we have a valid basis of belief. The Sharia cannot be challenged by any atheist system. Any secular system cannot stand up against the Sharia. And that's the second part of the book. The last part, the last kind of half of the book is why Islam is the solution. You know, putting up every other kind of deen or secular religion or system against Islam, they cannot challenge it. And so just the Sharia on its own finishes the, you know, their the kind of uh, different deans. But back to the, 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 the initial 
conversation, which is the existence of Allah. That's what we, we kind of need, because a lot of the time the atheists, they will try to say, well, you know, Islam is terrorism or, you know, treating women badly, these type of things. It doesn't matter, does it? Even if all these things are true, it doesn't disprove Islam. And it doesn't prove Islam. You know, the point, it, and it doesn't disprove the existence of Allah. So we need to separate them too. I don't know what you think about that, Shia. No, that, I, that's very interesting. When I, when I was looking at your work before, and obviously discussing it now, I think that the, I think that's a very powerful argument. I mentioned that earlier, because if you're discussing them with atheists, he, they're going they're going to try to attack uh, those type of things uh, in order to, to to prove their point. The issue of, of women, the issue of, of what's like you said, what's happening around the Muslim world, issue of terrorism, all of these things. So they'll come up with these type of things in order to disprove the religion, thus disproving the existence of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So with this, you kind of, you know, as you, you nip it in the bud where you say, we're not going to discuss religion. We're just going to start with God's existence and then we move on later to, to God's existence. And I, I remember something, you know, very brilliant with that. Because um, this technique is used by, you know, people of different religions or different ideologies, different theologies all the time. So there, there was a, um, a two, two sheikhs who were debating in Sudan. You can find it on YouTube, it's in Arabic. Um, so one of them, he was, you know, following a different a type of tariqah. The other one was, you know, al-Sunnah. And, you know, he, he, he was one of the ones who benefited from the works of Ibn Taymiyyah. So what did the, the one who's from this tariqah, uh, uh, it, was, it was a famous Sufi guy. He was trying to prove from the works of Ibn Taymiyyah uh, that what this sheikh was on was was this correct or was was incorrect. So he said uh, he brought you know uh, Sheikh Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah's uh, work on Christianity, which is Al Jawab Al Sahih, and he refuting Christianity. So he took the kalam of Ibn Taymiyyah regarding. Uh, he, when he, because he would, he would take what, what the Christians say or what was in the Injil or what is in their belief, he would take the, the quote and then refute it. So he read from the quote of the Christians, not from even Tavia, look, look what he did. <laughs> he read from the quote of the Christians and then he came and he put the book up, you know, and he said, Look, this is even Tavia. He said, This is your sheikh. Look, look what he's saying. He put the book up in front of the people saying, This is what you said. So if, if you don't have, you know, good knowledge, understand this, this couldn't be what even Taymiyyah is saying. It has to be what the Christian is saying. But the Sheikh didn't even go there. What did he say? He said, we're not here to discuss the Aqidah of Ibn Taymiyyah and what he says. He said, we're here to discuss your Aqidah. This is why we agreed to come together. And what you say, and your Tariqah, and your books, your scholars, they say this, and he started opening up their books. So yeah. he, he, and he... As they would say, you know, the, the magic was <laughs> on the on the magician, and it came back to him, right? So the same thing now with the argument you're using like that, because they, they want to disprove God's existence through what they see problems in Christianity, what they see problems in uh, in, in Islam. So right away you you you, you cut that off, and, and, and I think it's very powerful. I really really like that. Mashallah. Yeah, and the other thing is. And, and, and this is why I do believe one of the strike. we'll come to that in a moment, but the point is that a lot of these things they're discussing are, are, are moral objections to, to Islam. 
And atheism really is not in a position to speak about morality, you know, because it's all arbitrary. They have no, no kind of sharia. They have no yardstick for their, for their morality. You know, for instance, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, slavery was permissible in, in, in uh, the Western world, right? And, um, you know, now it's not permissible. Well, well, who decides that? You know, it's like the, the, the morality changes with the times. As we see this recently with this, um, is it Idris? Idris from uh, one of the yeah, football yeah, we, we talked about that earlier, yeah. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's refusing to wear uh, a football shirt because of the LGBTQ promotion. Um, but, but 100 years ago, it would be the opposite. It would be like if, if somebody brought that to the table, they'll be, they wouldn't be taken seriously. So... Like, even that, even that today, I and mean, if you look at that, something very interesting with that, and I know the Western mind doesn't want to accept that, but any as as an African, the brother, if you live in an African country, and you you've done a lot of work in Africa, you've spent a lot of time in Africa, you know LGBTQ, ZP, I don't know how many things they've added now, but all, all of these, they, this is not acceptable in, Afri in Africa. Anywhere in Africa, more or less. <laughs> Absolutely not. The president <laughs> of, of Senegal tweeted. People can be beaten. They can be killed. And that's, that's happened. You've seen stories. It's, it's not acceptable. So here, once again, you know, what, what, what the, the mentality is different. What is right? What is wrong now? You know, so you can say that it, it, the, 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 we go back to the white man again. The white man's mind is the correct one. So we said this is correct. That means it's correct. But all around the other world, in Asia, most Asian countries anyways, um, uh, also in almost all African countries, something's not acceptable. You know, so you have different customs, different outlooks on what is right and what is wrong right there. <laughs> you know, an example, I recently just came back from Saudi. And, you know, you, you drive in. <laughs> and, and in England, we kind of stay within the lines of the, of the motorway, right? You know, if you want to go into the other, the other lane, you indicate and you go in. Yeah. But the Saudi way is you drive with the line down the middle of your car. <laughs> and some people drive in the lane. So it's kind of like, you know, scattered. And, yeah. and uh, you know, as an Englishman, you're like, well, this isn't how the right way to drive. You know, according to who? You know, according to Saudis, if you all drive like that, it's actually quite safe because everyone kind of knows what's going on. Unless you've got an Englishman who's coming and trying to change the system, then you're going to get accidents. So yeah. the, the point is that it's 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 all about perspective. You know who who's claiming that these these these, these things are morally morally right and wrong. You know women's rights. Uh, uh, you know anything terrorism, whatever it may be. As an atheist, you could literally keep asking them why is it wrong? Why is it wrong? Why is it wrong? And you finally they cannot answer this question. If they, they're, 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 having a, they're having a struggle. Sam Harris tried to write a book about that, but he, he, he didn't do a good job. He seemed, and they still struggle to find the answer. They can't find and it. The best answer they come up with is, um, uh, you know, the, the, the consensus, you know, that it's what the majority of people agree with. Well, they don't mean the majority of people. They mean the majority of white people. <laughs> they mean they mean the majority of English people or the major and it's not even the majority of them. You know, it's it's the minority that are in charge of, of lawmaking, etc., who kind of 
make up these arbitrary laws. And, and you, you can give another example just to make that clear. If we yeah. go back to this, you know, that in the LGBT, where it's it, it's a it's still it's still a minority in the country. And even if you look at the, there's a uh, one of our brothers who you know uh, he he posted on his Instagram that day. I, I put it on my my story. It's a it's a poster that's being spread uh, in, in the the universities in Toronto, and they brought two hijabi sisters, and you know they're all embracing and kissing. So they brought three LGBT couples of you know men and diff different men and different women. And they brought just one straight couple. So I wrote in the comments, you know, whether you're talking about right or wrong now, and okay, you talk about equality and about this. So shouldn't you at least be fair? You should be just. It, do, so you have four, three, four pictures. Three of them are from that group, which is a minority, and yeah. only one. I said, I said, where, where's the equality now? I mean, do they represent seventy-five percent of our population? No, you know. Uh, any not getting into whether that you know they have their rights that that's their law i'm not talking about that but we're talking yeah. about the, the, the reality is you know this they, they want to push this that this is the right way this is this because this is the way they see it but if you go all all around the world the rest of the world the majority of the world are still not seeing it like that so they, there's they have, they have no answer for that when it comes to the issue of morals and there's and, no way they can do it without and, and something interesting you mentioned in the book i didn't any i i focus more on the beginning of the book to be honest I'm, Sheikh, I'm, I'm quite flattered. It seems that you've actually read it. <laughs> I'm quite flattered, mashallah. Jazakallah. Yeah, but the, the second part, obviously, the issue of the Sharia, that even though there was a, a research done, if you go back to many of the Western laws, um, and there, there was a, a researcher, and he, um, he's a Maliki scholar, he did, he did uh, researching to go back and to show that I believe it was a third of the law, of the French laws, the, the basics are based actually from Sharia, taken from, from Maliki fiqh. Because wow. like you said, they don't have a Sharia. So they were not able to establish these laws. So they have to, they have to take it from Islamic laws in, in order to establish. It's actually a um, three volume um, a book that was printed. Uh, I believe I have a copy in my library of that, of that, of that, of that work. So that, that shows you the, uh, you know, the issue of the Sharia, as you mentioned in, in, in the second part of the book, that there, there's no way, even the ones who are were, were not atheists, and they were they were you know um, Christian, Christian, secular, whatever they are nowadays, that, that, that they also needed to go back to the to the divine sources in order to, to determine you know what is right and what is wrong, you know, and and and, and, and so just a certain group will not be able to to you know pinpoint that and, and choose that like you said, it's, it's very important. So the issue of yeah. revelation that's a, that's a good topic. I, mean, we've, I think maybe we can. We can host you, inshallah, another time to talk more about that other book, as I'm really interested in that as well. Yeah, one, no, one I'd, of, I'd love to, to come and speak in what he says. It's actually a comment in, in the uh, challenge in it, and, and I'd really love to address it, but I don't think this is the place. But but um, hopefully the, the um, is one about they think the Bible consists of God's words. I'd love to challenge that, you know, hopefully next month, inshallah, when you do the Christianity, uh, yeah, the brother or the sister can, can come back for that, inshallah. Um, yeah, so I, back I, to it. I was going to mention here that uh, one of the important things, I think, very important with Dina, and you you covered it in the book as well, uh, the issue of you know scientific facts or or and what is proof, because because a lot of times you'll find people even even nowadays, you know, people who are you know atheists or claim to be atheists or influenced by atheists, they'll tell you that. I don't believe in God. I believe in science. You know, yeah. in science, 
the truth, and they, they come with it, science as being an absolute truth. So if you could, you know, highlight a bit about that, because that, that's one of the big misconceptions that come up that people are confused with. And, and many people who are like from the laymen, they kind of hear this stuff and they're like, yeah, science is because we're, we're, we're in the era of science now. It's, 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 it's time of science. Yeah, so, so science is great. You know, this, this, is, this, is, um, this is a really nice kind of topic because even as Muslims, it kind of teaches us how to think. Because a lot of the time we, get, we really do give science more credibility than is deserved. And, um, you, you know, you, you hear some, some uh, Muslims, they speak about, you know, that science doesn't not give certainty. It doesn't give certainty. And I, I, I always check my research, uh, Sheikh. If I, sometimes I check with you some of the things I speak about. Sometimes I check with other scholars. And I put this forward to Sheikh Dimashkiya. Yeah. And you know, Sheikh Dimashkiya is, is, is a very clever mind, mashallah. He's, 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 you know, and, and very well read, mashallah. Yeah, I mean, subhanAllah, he, he, he knows how to put it down, you know. So I, I just wanted to mention him because uh, this kind of little spiel is, is something that I got from him. And, and, and so when I said to uh, Sheikh Dimashkiya, you know, you know, I was trying to explain these concepts that are kind of popular amongst the Duats at the moment about science not having certainty, etc. And he said, yes, it does have certainty. It does have certainty. He said, but at a certain level, you know, how can you say that you're not certain about the medication you're taking, for instance? Of course, you, you know, of course you, you have a certain level or a certain degree of, of belief uh, in, in these kind of, uh, uh, you know, research and things like that. So, uh, one of the things which I took from that is that, see, as Muslims, uh, there's, there's different levels of yaqeen. You know, certainty, yaqeen in Arabic, uh, you know, there's, as we know, there's different levels. There's, there's ainul yaqeen, you know, things that we can see. There's ilmul yaqeen, which I would argue uh, is science. You know, it's kind of, you know, using your reasoning uh, with the, with the, with the, you know, with the uh, kind of anul yakin that you have, the observations that you have, and you have hakul yakin, you know, which is the ultimate, absolute truth, right? So, we, we as a Muslim, we must understand that there's different levels of certainty. We are certain as Muslims. We do like science. We do use science, and and we are uh, followers of of science in the sense of leading scientific theories. But what we're saying as Muslims, we have to do science within the realm of Islam. We have to do science where the first premise is that Allah exists and Islam is true. You know, it, as, as scientists, if we don't have the belief in Allah and, the, and, the, and we're not following Islam, then our, our, um, our theories are, are obviously can, can be wrong. Because this is why, uh, you know, you, you know, you you've got the same observations which some scientists are witnessing, uh, you know, regarding uh, different species and and different evolutionary observations, and 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 a, and a, and, a, and, a, and a, a theist, a Muslim or a Christian, would interpret that data in a different way to somebody who doesn't believe in a creator. That's why 
under a scientific kind of worldview where, they, they, where, where they, they, for instance, Allah is not even uh, taken into consideration, then of course there has to be some type of evolution that has happened. Because how did we come here? How did we get here? But if you are doing science within the Islamic realm, where you, you, you take into consideration that there's a creator who can create and do whatever he likes, then you would never conclude that humans evolved. Why? Because Hakal Yakin, the Wahi, the Quran, this is back to the, the first argument of discussing our basis of belief and the concept of Wahi, Hakal Yakin is absolutely true. So when science, Ilmul Yakin, is disagreeing with Hakal Yakin, we go with we go with the Wahi over uh, science any day of the week. And we go with the Wahi over even our own eyesight, Ainul Yakin. We go with the Wahi over that as well. Either the Wahi, it, we have misunderstood something that Allah has said, or we have seen we, the, the observation is wrong. Because there's no way, you know, the, 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 the Wahi, which is from Allah, and natural phenomenon would, 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 would contradict, right? Because it's from the same source, it's from Allah. So this is kind of the, the mistake that Muslims are making where they're doing science in, in an atheistic realm. They're not even, you know, and, and you would not come up with these theories um, you know, if you if you shouldn't come up with certain theories, if you if you are aware and well versed in wahi, in in the Quran and the Sunnah. And it, when it comes to this, I mean, obviously, if you go back to the you know the philosophy of science, you go this, I mean, the, the scientists themselves, and it, other than Richard Dawkins, who, who who wants to come across that these are you know scientific theories are actually scientific facts. Or as as a theory, they, they, it can change from time to time. So it's it's not you know one hundred percent yakin. But I mean, mo most people, most laymen, or most people who, who haven't read and have researched, they don't realize this. And I think that's why that, that it's it's very confusing uh, to many people. To and, he, and it's it's a very easy way for atheists, you know, to to kind of confuse people and to give them check and doubt in their in their faith because of this. This is what science proves, and science leads to certainty where it doesn't it's a theory yeah. and building on theories and then you know in a couple of years they reach another theory and there's, I mean, there's several examples for that yeah. and you, you mentioned some of them here obviously so uh, in your some of this kind of uh some of these doubts come because they're conflating observations with science does that make sense you yeah. know me observing something is not science we, uh, science uses observations to come up with theories about the world and about the universe. But this is a thing because throughout this, throughout this day and age, we, we've had lots of uh, science, uh, observations, new observations, and we've learned things through these observations that that just gets attributed to science. So science gets all the credit. Yeah. You, you, you know what I'm saying? So, but it, but it, the theories themselves can change because there can be new observations to refute the old theories. You know, so again, as you said, the philosophy of science, some people, some Muslims, you know, the word philosophy itself 
um, you know, what do we mean by philosophy? Because some scholars are saying, no, we can't use philosophy. Some scholars are saying you can't. Some people are using philosophy. What do we mean by philosophy? You know, of course, from the scholars that are saying we can't use philosophy, they're talking about using philosophy over the revelation, you know, and, and using philosophy uh, in the wrong way. What we're talking about when we're talking about philosophy of science, all we're talking about is how science works. In, in, in simple terms, we're yeah. talking about how does science actually work? You know, so we're making the distinction between an observation, something we can physically see, and uh, a theory that a scientist has, you know, like, like the theory of evolution. The theory of evolution, it, it's a theory. It's not been observed. Uh, you know, human evolution has not been observed. It's, it's a theory. It's a leading theory in the atheistic scientific realm. But, but it's not an absolute fact. So why would we take that over Wahi? It doesn't make sense. So having these discussions with the youth, who are having these doubts, it, it's really effective. It kind of gives them a, a structure to their thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's important, exactly. Because like, for example, the example you gave with evolution, and that is taught in the schools now, and it's come across um, that this is fact. You know, and, and, and I, I've debated people before, they're like, look, this is not even something discussable. Evolution is fact. And they're not, they're not coming, to, they're, even if the people who, or, or specialized, or a true scientist. They'll say, no, it's, it's it, like you said, it's a theory. It's not a fact. But they'll come and say, no, this is, this is a proven fact, the issue of evolution. Which again, which actually, even when you look at, at the proofs in, in, in different species, and the, even the ones they found that have some form of evolution, obviously, it's, it's, it's very rare, and it's not that much, obviously. So they, even that, they haven't been able to prove. Uh, so it's a, well, that's like the said, thing. If, if you don't understand scientific, like, for instance, you're a sheikh, right? You... you you, you know uh, Islamic terminology. You know, you could have a conversation with me and I, I, I might not understand a word you say because number one, you're speaking in Arabic. <laughs> and of course, you're using Sharia, you're using terminologies from the Sharia that I might not be familiar with. The same with science. If you're not a scientist, you might not be familiar with the terminology. But when scientists say that something is a fact, what they mean is that it's a leading theory. They don't mean that it's an unchangeable absolute fact. And so lay people like ourselves and other people have to understand that when scientists do talk about scientific facts, they're not talking about absolute truths. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's very important. So it's, it's the leading theory. I think that's, that's, that's very well said, very important. And when they say it like a fact, it's the leading theory. That, 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 that's the, the last thing that science has reached. In, 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 their, in their research. And of course, look, if you're doing science without taking into consideration the creator, there has to be some sort of evolution, whichever way possible. This, how, how did we get here? So, of course, if you're doing science the wrong way, without, through the lens of Islam, then of course you're going to come up with these, these uh, bogus theories of evolution. You know, but even evolution itself, you know, some people have challenged uh, the theories themselves from a scientific perspective. I don't think we even have to go there. I think it's good. I think some brothers who have done it have done it successfully, like Sabor Ahmed and others. Yeah. But but realistically, the bottom line is it's a theory. So if it if it disagrees with Wahi, 
then we always go with wahi. That's how simple it is. Very simple, <laughs> you know. But of course, if you want to take it a step further, some people are going and challenges the challenging these theories themselves. And there's many different theories of evolution. Which one do you want to go with? You know, so, but I, we don't even need to go there. The bottom line is, it's just a theory. Exactly. It's important now, I think, maybe a, a topic to wrap up with, inshallah. If there's any questions, this is just oh, wow, we didn't even start the book. <laughs> but the, the, the question is, is that, you know, the issue of, you know, philosophy and, and using philosophy in, in, in da'wah. And you, we've covered that. We talked about that a bit tonight, uh, or the topic has come up. And then you talked in detail about the issue of, of, of focusing on the importance of revelation. And the revelation is where you reach, you know, how could you feel? So in, many, many of our brothers are, are trying to use philosophy and da'wah, uh, even maybe more so than, than the wahi in, in many cases. Whereas as the wahi itself, if, you, if you're well based in the wahi, as you mentioned, you see that the wahi is, is, is talking to the intellect. It's talking to the sound mind. It's, 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 it's calling us to reflect. And, and even many of the arguments, like let's say if you go back to something as simple as the Gorap, uh, which we've you know, all studied and we've taught, that even the arguments we're using there to prove God's existence, to prove his oneness, all of these, if you go back to, the, they're, they're based on the issue of revelation. And we, we don't need really any a type of philosophy to, to prove that. And you, you, can, you can use the same approach, the Quranic approach, and he, just using a, a, a different way that's going to talk to the intellect and to, to common sense. And, 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 and it makes sense. And if you look at the, you know, the Prophet, والسلام, you look at the Sahaba, their da'wah would start with the Quran, it would start with the Wahi. You know? They would read the Quran. Obviously, having the, uh, you know, the Arabic uh, and the power of the Arabic then, it would have much more of an impact, but it still has an impact today, and it could still have the impact. I, 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 I still, I still believe myself that we have not, even the day we live in, with all of the great scholarly works. And I, I look in front of me, even though obviously here, uh, and though it's not my main base, but I have you know just a, a couple of dolabs of, of books sitting in front of me. I'm looking at them as I speak with you. There's the works of, works of our scholars. Mashallah, may Allah bless them. But I, I still believe with all of the great work that's been done that we still haven't uncovered the Quran when it comes how to give da'wah to the Quran. And I, 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 yes. think it's, I think it's like, you know, the, the deep sea that we still haven't discovered, still discovering, like, and it, you know, the fishes that are in the, in, in the deep sea, like, wow, we didn't know that was existed. We were, we were discovering new fish, new creatures, new this, that. There's a world we don't even know in the sea. And I, I, even what you mentioned, I think it was brilliant, mashallah, the, the, you know, the three steps you mentioned. I, I never thought about that before. It's something I, I'm going to add, inshallah, I'm going to benefit from you in that uh, to, to, to my, my work as well. Uh, there's just, and there's so many examples like that in the Quran that we don't use. I mean, that, that's, a, that's another, a, a, yeah. a broader thing. But going back you know, to using the philosophy in da'wah, do we really need it or, or, or not? Yeah, I mean, again, it comes back to what do you mean by philosophy? You know, if you're talking about basic human reasoning which which kind of is the same it was the same at the time of adam and it's the same today you know <laughs> you know basic understandings and this is what the quran appeals to the basic rational mind and this is why the quran is timeless right 
because humans don't change that much. Yeah, technology changes, but the human mind doesn't change that much. You know, uh, the, the ayah in the Quran, when you reflect upon them, they're as effective now as they were at the time of the Prophet wasallam. You know, otherwise, why? how are we, we are now the biggest religion in the world, okay? And we've never met the Prophet, peace be upon him. We've never seen a miracle, but apart from the Quran, right? And, and, and this is the point that, you know, it, 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 people submit to Islam based on the Quran, not just the, 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 the reflecting upon the Quran, but also the Sharia, the actual, you know, the rulings from the Quran are miraculous on every level. You know, and, and, and I totally agree, Sheikh. I mean, I think, you know, let me give you another example, Sheikh. If, if I was, um, for instance, giving dawah, and all the time I was quoting, you know, uh, one of the Shia scholars, right? But what he was saying was correct. What would you advise me? And why would you advise me? Uh, obviously, if, you, if, you, if you're quoting someone of, of deviance, that, that's dangerous. So even what they're saying is correct, you leave it because of what could be, um, you know, if someone is, is guided to guidance and they can go straight through that individual, correct or not. Yeah. So that was something you, need, you, you wouldn't take. You, you could benefit from that thing without obviously going back and, and relaying from that person because it can be confusing for people. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's the point I was getting at, which is, you know, it, there's a difference between maybe if I'm sitting with you as sheikh, or a sheikh, he's sitting with his students in Medina or wherever he is in the world, and he's quoting a certain scholar from the past about a certain topic, you know, that's different to, you know, someone like me who's giving dawah to the lay people, quoting a particular scholar or a, or a, or a particular philosopher or, or whoever it may be, uh, you know, and then people kind of take that as a reference point. Does that make sense? Like, for instance, if I'm always quote, if I'm always reading books about philosophers, about Einstein and and uh, Dawkins and whoever you know, and and so, I, if I automatically my speech will start to quote some of these individuals, you know. So, so then if I'm giving dawah to a, an everyday Muslim or you know, that becomes a frame of reference for them. So they might start now reading them particular books. They might say, oh, they're in the bookshop or they're in the airport and they find the book by Dawkins. I'll just give it a read because this was, John was speaking about it. Whether I'm speaking about it in a good way or a bad way, it doesn't matter. It's become a point of reference for that person, you know. Yeah. So as you said, if it's a good point and it's correct, I advise you first check it out, run it past a scholar, run it past a student of knowledge, and then present it without quoting the person. You know, so a lot of these philosophical kind of arguments can be used, and you'll actually find that a lot of them are actually in the revelation anyway. Exactly. We don't need to source and use these non-Muslims or misguided people in, 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 in our dawah. We have enough in the Quran. You know, what is enough for, for the early generations is enough for us. I'm not saying, okay, we can't benefit from certain things. I'm just saying you will, you will definitely 
feel the benefit if your dawah is grounded in the Quran. And I don't know if you've been through my rational reasons to believe uh, in the presentation. Um, I think you're giving a lecture on this next week, and you know, advise, you know, check it out because all the rational reasons that I bring, I, I ground them with ayah from the Quran. Yeah. If, if you go, it's 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 all there, man. We have it in the revelation. I think a lot yeah. of times we don't realize how how actually powerful it is. Yeah. You know, the, 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 many of these things come in. Even the issue of it, it doesn't talk a lot about that with atheists. No, because it talks about the fitrah. It talks about using logic. So that's also speaking to atheists, uh, to atheists as well, to those who, who have, have fallen into to shek uh, and don't have yaqeen. Something interesting you mentioned about what you said now about quoting certain philosophers. Uh, I recall, you know, hearing some of, some of the du'at and he's saying that we're going to use the uh, Ibn Sina approach to prove, and not, not talking about you know, Einstein or, or other than you mentioned Einstein and Dawkins as an example. I'm talking about you know, earlier ones who were you know, considered by many to be Muslim scholars or, or philosophers, where you know said that the Ibn Sina approach to proving God's existence. And, and here, this individual, even if he had a good approach to prove that, you could use that approach, but is it proper to be quoting him? Why? Because when you go back and look at many, many of the, the great scholars of Islam have considered him to be an, a kafir, to be a disbeliever yes. because of, uh, of the things that he believed in. That's a topic for another time. I, I, I perhaps I'll make a video about that soon. I have it jotted down on my to-do list so people will understand that. Uh, but none, and nonetheless, any quoting individual like this, or there's, there's any, we're not talking about individual, is there a difference? He's someone who is upon help, not upon help. There's a, this Iman and Kuvar here with this individual. Yeah. It's, not, it's not someone you want to be, you want to I be think, quoting. I think even Ghazali did takfir on him, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that's it. Was fun oh. and then, you know, something very interesting I was just reading earlier about you know the is it permissible to read um, to read from the from the books of of of, uh, of the philosophers to read in philosophy in itself because many many of the duats try to focus on this because they think it's going to be powerful and then giving dawah and the scholars have mentioned that if you're not someone who's a you know a, a, who's very strong in his own foundation yes. that it's not permissible for you to read in their books it becomes haram upon you. And if you go back to the books, I was even reading the, 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 the scholars from the, the, the four methabs. So it's the vast majority of the scholars say it's actually haram to read these books, unless you're someone who is specialized. And most of our brothers, they don't have strong enough foundation to uh, read in these books. And I'll give you an amazing example of that. I just read the quote just uh, literally a couple of hours ago. Uh, Imam Ibn al-Arabi, the great Maliki uh, scholar, not even Arabi. He's, yeah. that was the, <laughs> I thought people sometimes get confused. How can you quote this individual? <laughs> he's another controversial one. No, no, so it's even Al Arabi. He's the great and Maliki Imam, the great Maliki scholar, Rahimullah. So he said that he said, Shaykhuna al Ghazali, our Shaykh al Ghazali, he said, he swallowed the, uh, the, the philosophers. But he said, and, and he said he thought he was going to be able to what? To, like to, to, to vomit them out, to get them out of his system, but he wasn't able to do so. That some of the remains of you know, being affected by them and reading their works and this, even though he refuted much, much of their stuff, he was still influenced himself. And the scholar said, if, if that's Imam al-Ghazali, someone who reached what he reached and, and, and the strong intellect and knowledge of Islam, if he was so influenced by it, what about me and you? Therefore, it's not exactly. something, it's not a field that's easy to get into, subhanAllah. And this, this might, I might say something that might, might uh, ruffle a, a few feathers. Um, I 
think I've, I've spoke to you about this before. And you see, it's all about perspective. You know, there's a difference between, you know, a sheikh sat in Masjid al-Nabawi teaching his students, and he might be using uh, Imam Ghazali, for instance, for a particular subject. Yeah? And there's a, there's a difference between that scenario and, you know, uh, Duat kind of quoting Ghazali on a popular level. Now, even, let's just say, whatever you want to say, even if you said that everything Ghazali said was correct, okay, how is his work being used today? And if you go into East London Masjid in the bookshop, I'm not joking, Chef, there's a massive wall full, I'm talking about maybe, uh, maybe a hundred different books translated of Ghazali in English, in very, very nice English, yeah. right? And these books, they may be fine, but who are the people behind them? What are the intentions behind the people who are using Ghazali's work? Now, if we come back to Dawa and lectures, if I'm a Dai and I'm quoting uh, Ghazali, for instance, and what he's saying might be correct, okay? But the point is that that becomes a frame of reference for that basic Muslim. And is that the, the best frame of reference for him? Is that who we should kind of be pointing this new Muslim towards, uh, in, in to, 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 towards seeking knowledge? Or could he get, uh, you know, misguided on certain topics? Does that make sense? I don't you know, want to go... I'm just, I'm just pointing out there. Yeah, we talked about that in detail. I think that's something that needs to be reflected on. As, to be honest with you, I still haven't reached uh, any a solid conclusion in that regards. Because what you're saying is very true. And it's, a very, it's a very good and interesting point. I never thought about it. Because me, obviously, you know, coming up in the, you know, the scholars, uh, you know, atmosphere in their circles, in their halakhah, learning from them directly, and, and going back to the books of scholars, where obviously they would have no problem and quoting someone like uh, Imam al-Ghazali, obviously, because of many, the many benefits that he has. But obviously what you're saying, obviously the ones who are promoting him, especially in the West now, uh, are people who have gone astray in, in their theology and things like that. So it could be confusing. That's a very interesting point. It's something we need to, I think, look more to. But I mean, ever since we talked about it last time, I really haven't come up with a conclusion, but it still is something going through my mind all, 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 I think, all the time. I think if you, if you actually look into the 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 type of literature that is available in the English language and and the the kind of limited literature which 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 you know is safe if you like uh I think you know inshallah <laughs> I might convince you inshallah the, the point is the point to take from it Shaykh is we need to think about these things you know and and the bottom line is as you mentioned in the beginning we're not here to talk about Ibn Taymiyyah or Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahhab or Imam Ghazali. We're here to de deliver this book of Allah to the people, you know. And what's the best way in doing that than presenting the ayah themselves, you know, just, just let the Quran speak for itself. And, um, and, and I think it's so powerful, especially when you recite it as well. You know, you, you should be learning the ayah which you use and reciting them because you know, it, the fitra recognizes it as well, and it, and it does have a different level. Uh, this is something I talked about uh, in detail 
uh, in many of my courses, the power of the Quran and reciting it. And uh, I give examples like, you know, Sheikh Al-Arifi, uh, even Sheikh Al-Qattami, and, and, and when, when they visited and they sat with non-Muslims and the impact that, that it had on these non-Muslims. And you can see YouTube is full now of you know, uh, reactions to the Quran, non-Muslims who, who break down in tears when hearing the, 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 the revelation recited. And, and, and most recently uh, with our brother, uh, Muhammad Hijab, with the podcast he did with Jordan Peterson. And that, that came up where he uh, asked, why did you recite it? Like, because it had an impact on him right away. You know, and, and that's the power of the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though they don't understand a word in, in Arabic. But right yeah. away, Jordan Peterson, who, who was someone, you know, you, you know, very strong and intellectual, mashallah, he's got a lot of great points. And, you know, I benefited from a lot of his works. Um, you know, the issue of, you know, his stance and the issue of the, 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 the pronouns and gender. This, he, he was a leader in that, in that field for, for, for a lot of us. When, we, when, it, when it came and they were trying to, try to enforce on us, and he had a lot of good stances. You could see someone's, you know, very strong intellectually, mashallah. Right away, it had an impact on him. Um, you know, when he said, why? And I, I, I like the fact he asked, you know. And, and, yeah. and he just mentioned, he said, this is why. Because this, that's why you mentioned now, this is something we need to revive in our da'wah. And I noticed you did it, mashallah. You did a little bit of the talawah. Even recently in some of my lectures, I've been doing a bit like that as well. It, it, should, it should have an impact when you recite it in that way, inshallah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and, you know, we've not really gone into everything, but I think it's been a beneficial um, meeting. How, how long do we have left? Uh, officially, we have we have four minutes left, but we, we can take a bit more if we want. Uh, I don't know if there's any questions. The only one that I've received here, the brother sent me from the the, uh, the admin, was the issue of, of the, you know, I think, the Bible and the words of God. If you want to answer that briefly, I think you probably already have. Yeah. If you want to Is ask it's something I'd like to mention as well, just before we finish, is um, what exactly do we need to do when we're giving dawah? Like, you know, a lot of the times the dawah is focused on on kind of, uh, uh, you know, deflecting uh, allegations against Islam, if you like. Yeah. You know, our job is to convey the message. You know, a lot of the time people take on the the... It's like they try to take on the job of Allah, which is to guide the person. And we have to understand that the guidance is only from Allah. It's Allah who guides the person. Our job is simply to guide them to the way. And it's up to them to accept it or not accept it. You know, and a lot. So what, what I'm getting at is our job is to convey, not convince. Of course, we're trying to present the, the best kind of arguments uh for our position but at the same time the the intention is to present islam to the person so they've understand they've understood our position you know a lot of the time it, 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 people are kind of disheartened when when people are not accepting islam or they're not understanding just present islam to them you know you might be challenging and debating the atheist about science and evolution and this, that, and the other, but at the same time, don't neglect the core message, which is the five pillars and the six pillars of Iman. You know, explaining who Allah is, uh, you know, the pillars of Iman, uh, the, you know, the belief in the, in the books, the, the angels, the books, the prophets, judgment day, the, the belief in the Qadr, having a good grounding in these basic topics 
is is the core of your dawah you know and 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 presenting this to them because someone like jordan peterson i still don't believe that he's received the message of islam it was a great conversation by Muhammad Jab, mashallah great but we need to really discuss the the true beliefs so that he can receive the message and he can make the decision himself yeah so just just before we finish i would like to just address that that one point and the brother or the sister mentioned um uh, to the best of the knowledge that they believe that the bible consists of god's words god the prophet's words and human words um the bible claims to consist of god's words the prophet's words and human words that's what the bible claims um, but we have a lot of evidence to point towards uh, the Bible not uh, containing these words. Of course, there are things within the Bible that agree with Islam, but the reality is we don't know the source of them. You know, just because something agrees with Islam, it doesn't mean that it's wahi. It doesn't mean that it's from the Torah or the Injil. Uh, for instance, the Bible speaks about Musa parting the sea. It speaks about Isa doing miracles. Um, it doesn't mean that these things were actually uh, mentioned in the Torah. These are historical events. The Bible also claims to quote the words of Jesus. The problem is, as Ibn Taymiyyah mentions, we don't have an isnad for these biblical scriptures. We don't actually know where they came from. We don't know the source of them. So we, we, we've got a, a problem there by connecting it back to a prophet and therefore a problem in, in claiming that it is wahi uh, from a literal perspective. Of course, from a perspective of there's truth within it, yes, there's, there's many things in the Bible that correlate to the Quran and the Sunnah. So if you want, if, if, some, if something agrees with the Quran and the Sunnah, then it's true, you know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's revelation. So I hope that kind of summarizes. I, I, I think I think it's clear that you know obviously we believe as muslims that i mean in the revelation that allah has revealed to uh you know the non-muslim uh, has revealed to to, to to the christians before the the the, the injil uh however you know what, what what we have in front of us today that's not it so that's basically you know some of, of, of what you're saying it's like you know if you have a, a hadith with with no chain of narration whatsoever but but the text agrees of islam you, you know you would not describe that as as kalam as 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 either you know the the words of the prophet sallallahu or you would not describe it as wahi you know you the best you could say it agrees of islam why because it agrees with the quran and the sunnah but you wouldn't try you wouldn't describe it in the way where you give it credibility does that make sense because you yeah, don't know the source of it it could very well have been you know, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, a you know, kind of like a, a, a folk story that has been passed down and it may have some truth, etc. But it's just you, you treat it in a totally different way than than the Quran, you know, and, and this is the problem. They kind of put in the Bible on par with the Quran when in reality it's kind of on par. It's not even on par with uh, Ibn Ishaq, to be honest, it's 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 it's. it's you know, because Ibn Ishaq at least he uses wahi in his in his sira, right? The whole sira is based on the
the Quran. And I, I think that you know it, it could be confusing for many people because of the fact that you know many of the teachings, perhaps yes, it did come from the original revelation. You know, that even the words of uh, you know Mark, John, uh, Luke, and, and, and John, and, and, and obviously Paul and his work and all this. I mean, perhaps they they did take from the original sources, right? Uh, some of them, anyways. I mean, where was it? How much was it? Uh, some of it has been, you know, passed down uh, without actually being preserved and written down. You know, been passed down, you know, but about three hundred years later. So obviously, it's clearly it's been distorted. But many of the teaching, it is possible that many of them could have obviously an origin. I think that might be confusing to the people to say that this is. You know, it, it, because the outlook of the people is that this is the, the word of God, but there's distortion in it. Yeah, I mean, do you have an example? Just as a, I'm just wondering if you have any kind of example of a. Any of the teachings, even like as you mentioned earlier, I think, you know, many, many of the morals that, that are taken from, from Christianity, you know, um, you know, even if you look like in, in the Irish society now in Ireland. Uh, in the Irish constitution, many things that go back to they're taking from so they're just good things and just you know uh, be encouraged to do, do uh, you know good things, good person, things like that. Uh, this you can say that it's going to be there from the original source. Perhaps yeah, we can I mean, discuss the, it more in detail. In the, the, a lot of the, the teachings of Christianity itself is not even derived from the Bible itself. You know, it, it, I'll give you an example. Like you know, in the Bible, it it it, it says God is one, right? It, it it's now do you believe in that verse do you believe that verse is true we, we know it's true because once again it's in accordance with the quran so it's something interesting now well, for, 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 for your research is that many, many of the things that if you're saying like this it's going to go back to the same ruling like when it comes to the israelites any uh, the narrations of the israelites when it comes in, in the hadith so that what's in accordance with the shit let me just challenge you on that a moment. So, you see, it says God is one, but if you have kind of an usulu tafsir perspective on this, hmm. the first question you should ask is who's writing it and what's his intention? Because hmm. if the, a Trinitarian is writing that God is one, if the author is a Trinitarian, so the, the, the priest back in Ireland, if he wrote, I'm a, I, I'm a Christian and I also believe in one God, you, you would not accept that his one God is Tawheed because his understanding of one God is three. So yeah. the problem in a Sula Tafsir, you have a problem when you don't know who the author is. So yeah. even something that is as clear as God is one, it might mean three. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's a big problem, Chef, because it, so that's why I believe that if, we, if we're quoting and using the Bible, it should be a Judo-Christian interpretation because Muslims are, instead of doing tafsir of the Bible, uh, they're reading into the Bible with their own akida. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And, yeah. and they're reading into the text rather than taking it out, the meaning out. And, and, and the problem with the Bible, because we don't have, we don't know who authored it. It really is anonymous from front to back. 
we don't know who these authors were. And we know that there were Jewish sects who were also pagans. There were Christian, Trinitarianism existed before Christianity, you know. And it's yeah. like, we really don't know the source of it. And even a, a, a verse that looks so Tawhidi, <laughs> it, it's still, subhanAllah, questionable, you know. Because the Christian will say that doesn't mean one, it means three. <laughs> and how can you challenge them? Because and the Christians are so well read on our religion now, is they will point out Usul al-Tafsir to you, and they'll say, how can you know the interpretation of it? Because on your principles, yeah. you can't, you don't know who authored it. <laughs> That's very interesting. So, I, I think it's a, it's a good point to stop, and perhaps inshallah, we'll have you back next month. Yeah, uh, to inshallah, it'd be a pleasure, Shah. Very interesting topic that many people haven't heard. And, and that's one of the benefits is, you know, to learn something new uh, and, and not just always to revise the things that we've studied before. So hopefully, inshallah, we can go into that in detail next month, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, and until then, Allah knows best. Allah khairan. This is a, a gift for you, our brother, Jutiyar, Sheikh Abu Muhammad, mashallah, he makes these uh, for our guests, mashallah. We'll send you the PDF copy as well, inshallah, which is a certificate from Sahaba Academy as a shahadat shukr and taqdeer of thanking you, inshallah, for taking out your time uh, to prepare this presentation and to be with us. May Allah make it heavy in your scale of good deeds. And if we can ask for the next slide, inshallah, as a reminder to the brothers and sisters who are still with us, these are the first two lectures that we've had uh, responding to the uh, atheistic narrative. Our brother, Sheikh Kamal Ahmed, that was yesterday and today with our brother, uh, John Fontaine, The God Solution, uh, both very beneficial uh, talks, alhamdulillah. And they will be on the YouTube channel uh, very, very soon. If it's not already up there, they, they, it might be up or at least tomorrow for Sheikh Kamal and Shalom Ta'ala. And the next couple of days, uh, John's lecture will be up in Shalom. Then we have our brother Hamza and then our brother Abdurrahim uh, on the Friday in Shalom Ta'ala, on Thursday and Friday of next week. So make sure, please share that with everyone, inshallah ta'ala, so that they can benefit. Until then, Allah knows best. Allahu alam. Wa sallahu wa sallam. Wa baraka nabi Muhammad. Wa jazakum Allah khairan. Wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. There's the, you can see in the comments below, there's the YouTube channel. Innaka la tahdeeman ahbabata walakinna Allah yahdeeman yashaa.